Hello, I'm Ruth, the host of As We Rise, a show which entangles and explores the highs and lows of life. Today we delve into a young lady's life, Hattie Gardner, as she talks about her past traumas and how she overcame and reshaped her life. We will touch the centre of Hattie's sorrow and life betrayals of rape, grief and addiction and suicide, and how she overcame, healed, turning her pain into something beautiful and found her voice to inspire others. Thank you for coming today, Hattie. This is our first podcast, and I really appreciate you you coming on and finding your voice and sharing with us your journey. So what do you want to achieve from talking on this podcast? I want people to know that if... Um, I've written a few notes down. <laughs> no, if that's you're fine. Bad, if you're in a bad place, and I've been in really bad places, you know, really darkest depths of despair... Yeah and not thinking that there'd be a way out but there is a way out and there's and there's always a way and sometimes you just have to sit with it and be patient because it will pass you know that saying this too shall pass yeah yeah nothing ever stays the same it's hard to do that and a lot of times when you're in it you can't see the light at the end of a tunnel can you right and everything changes and I think that as I've gone through my journey in the last sort of year or two that's helped me massively when I have because I do still have depression and I still suffer with it sometimes but I now have tools to deal with it and um for me that's a massive part of helping me to deal with it is knowing saying to myself this too shall pass it's not going to stay like this all the time nothing stays the same yeah there's always something brighter on the horizon that's right, and, um, and we look forward to later on finding out about them tools that you're going to share with us. So yeah, and also that. I think I, re- I don't know if I saw it or someone said to me or I saw it on Facebook, and it was um, the best days of your life haven't happened yet, and that really brought it home to me as well. That's that that just that phrase has helped me because it's so true. Yeah, yeah, no, that is that is. We're in a cycle, goes in a cycle, doesn't it? And you, 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 you know, can't see it you can't see it when you're actually in there the you, yeah yeah no that's right that's right um, what do you want to be when you um uh, when, when you were younger what do you want to be when you grew up I wanted to be an air hostess fantastic <laughs> when I was fantastic. a teenager I wanted yeah. to travel and I thought that the best way to do that was to be an air, was to be an air hostess and then and then I thought about a travel rep, but it never happened because I went, I was a little I was a bit of a rebel when I was at school and I didn't, um, <laughs> couldn't wait to leave school. And I went to college to do, I did get onto a course to do travel and tourism, yeah. but I only lasted a couple of weeks. I was, I just wanted to get a job and be a grown up, you know, so. so yeah. It happens, so yeah, it, it happens, happens, doesn't it? And it all forms who we are today, you know. what Exactly, you know, everything happens for a reason. It, it, it does, it does, yeah. yeah. Um, was there any religious or spiritual influences in your childhood? Um, we weren't a religious family, um, but there was always a kind of, we weren't, my mum wasn't very spiritual then, as I grew older, sort of into my adult years, my mum became, developed her spirituality, but not, no, we weren't really religious, yeah. but then, okay. like, but then there was always talk of spirits, like we, I was always brought up to believe in life after death, you know, they, it was quite, we, I remember talking about that. So it was more, it was more on the spiritual side of things. Yeah, but was. they were, I wouldn't say they were spiritual, but it was there. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it was around you. They were yeah. quite open-minded. Yeah. I've asked formed you to be. Yeah. We'll find out. We'll strange. find out as we talk. Yeah. My mum my kind of became quite spiritual more so later yeah. on in life and then sort of planted seeds in me because I thought she was a bit nuts at first. Yeah. <laughs> she did, yeah. <laughs> I used to think, what's she on about? She used to send me, she sent me on a course, my sister, my sister. Yeah. And um, she sent us both on this colour therapy course. I think I must have been in my late 20s and I just thought, I, I enjoyed it? some of it, like the meditation, but I just thought, oh my goodness, what are they talking about? They're mad. So yeah. So that leads us, that leads us to my next question. Um, I'd like to talk about a few of your childhood experiences and memories. Is that okay if we start yeah. if we if we start talking? So you you grew up um, with your your both both your mum and dad. I did, were, yeah. Were well, yeah. Um, and and your dad had bipolar. Yes. Um, what impact did that have on you and your mum? Um, it. He was quite unpredictable. You see, he wasn't diagnosed with bipolar until very, very later on. Yeah. Until he was in his late 40s. So he never he never was given that sort of label as having a mental illness. Although I think my mum knew he did have a mental illness. It wasn't something that was diagnosed. I so, think in them days it wasn't it wasn't so well known, was it? No, and I think he wouldn't admit that you know, that classic, that there was anything wrong. And I think at one point he did go and have a psychiatric assessment and they told him he had a personality disorder. And then, um, yeah, but he just... Did you see that in him? What age did you... Yeah, definitely. He he was just, I mean, he was, he could be lovely, absolutely lovely. He was, I, I, you know, I always maintain he was a lovely dad and loving yeah. and kind. But he would get really into things. He was very passionate about things. And then, yeah, very overexcitable sometimes. So classic bipolar. And then oh, the so, on a, so on a down day, how did that? Down day. I didn't affect. period. When I was four, he had a breakdown. And um, Bless him. we, he had, he was, he'd started off his own business, I believe. And it, it was just too overwhelming for him, I guess. And he, um, had a breakdown and he was being quite violent towards my mum and I remember us having to go to hospital because he pushed her down the stairs. And how did that um, make you feel? How old were you when oh, that I was petrified. I was about four. I remember getting dropped up there by a neighbour and walking back. We lived in Totten at the time and we walked yeah. back from the hospital because my mum wouldn't ring my dad, understandably. Yeah. And she obviously wanted me with her. My brother and sister were older. They're eight and nine years older than me. So I don't know... You know, you don't, it's, I've got some memory of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I remember just being, they were arguing at one point and I was, I remember just being put in the back of, my dad had this transit van and I was put in the back of it and they were sort of just left me and I just remember crying and crying and crying. And then my mum left in the end and we, we moved into um, like an emergency housing. Yes, yeah. In it's actually... Sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, so what impact did that have on you, like going into, you know, having... I just remember being scared, yeah. not understanding, you know. I remember I've got another memory of getting picked up from school. I think I went to school in Totten for a short while. I started school and then when we moved, I had to move schools. 
And I just remember being picked up from school in the first school that I was in by my mum. And my mum was saying, quick, we've got to run and run in and hiding from my dad. And I think I remember going for a laundrette and it was really frightening. Did she tell you? Did she tell you what was going on? I just, I don't remember, just I just remember she was saying, quick, we've got to go. Yeah. And yeah. I remember being barricaded in the bedroom and putting up the bunk beds against the door yeah. so he couldn't get yeah. in. And because yeah. he was just so, you know. Yeah. Yeah, he was unwell. That's not an excuse, but no, no, he was no that's right. Very he, didn't, he, he didn't go and get help, did he? No, um, he didn't. No. Yeah. So, so that, that that carried on for how many years? So that so we left and we lived. I don't know how long we lived in this house for, but he came back because my mum told him where we were, and he came back and kicked the door in and came in, and then after that, it settled down. And where was you when that happened? Where? Yeah. Was you at home when that happened? I think so. Yeah, I I don't remember much of it. Yeah. You know, I know it happened. You were quite young. Yeah. Yeah. I was four, four, about five, four or five. Yeah. In the 80s, when I was four or five, they would say things to her, like it would be male police officers and they would say things to her. They didn't take it seriously, did they? Well, they would say things like, what did you do to make him do that? You must have done something, you know, putting the blame on her. And I remember her saying, wow, they were much more, because times had changed. And I remember thinking, how sad. Yeah, no, it was, it was hard, wasn't it? You know, to be in that situation and not have the support of the authorities to to help you up, to help. What do you do? That's right. And I know that when as she So um when you were twelve, where did you live? At the age of twelve. We lived in uh, on a st- on an estate in Hive. And um yeah, I know you're gonna ask me now. Yeah. About the about the rape. Yeah. So yeah. I was um <clears throat> I think I was in I just finished my first year of secondary school. I'd got in with this group of friends that were all from my same estate. So I was at, I met this group of girls that were all from my estate. And one of them lived, um, there's a big park and then a main road in the forest. But she lived, there was a little lane and she lived down there. And I started staying around there um, in this on the summer holidays, like most nights. And we were quite naughty girls, like we smoked. We started smoking really young, <laughs> very grown up. And... Um, She'd gone to sleep and I went and knocked, she had this lodger and he was 18 and I went and knocked his door to ask him for a cigarette because I thought I, I just, you know, I was 11, yeah. I thought I was a grown-up, I really yeah. thought, and this was, and, and also I think this man, boy, whatever you want to call he it. He was a man, he was a man. <laughs> had Absolutely. been um, showing a bit of interest, you know, hanging around us a little bit and and probably giving us a fag earlier in the day. So I just um, asked for a cigarette and I went in and he invited me in. And it was, we sat on the bed and then he started kissing me and I thought, oh, I was flattered. I thought, yeah. wow, this, this man, like, you know, and then he basically just forced himself upon me. And I said, I remember saying no, and he just did it anyway. How did you feel at that moment? Yeah, it's like, it was a mixed emotions, you see, because I wanted to be grown up. So I was thinking, wow, I'm, I'm having sex. It's like, oh, you know, it's happening. Yeah obviously so young and so naive um it hurt I remember it really being really painful I mean he wasn't like really aggressive or anything yeah but the the fact is he was he was 18 (laughs) yeah 12 12. 
yeah, he said, go and clean yourself up. Don't tell anyone. Make sure you um, clean yourself up. And then after that, I sort of thought we were in a relationship. He would write, he, <clears throat> he said we were going to run away to Amsterdam, to Holland, because in Holland, um, the age of consent was 12. Yes, so yeah. He, yeah. Um, and he, we'd meet in secret and we'd pass yeah. letters to each other and we'd meet in the forest and things. I'd have to sneak off from my friends and the people started to, wonder what was going on and he'd come at the back of my where my bedroom was at the back of my house there was an alleyway and he'd come down the back of that and just stand there yeah now I look back it's really really rather creepy at what point did it it begin to turn when the letters that we were writing to each other were quite graphic and I don't I think my mum got rid of them all so I left one in the bathroom so it only been going on a few weeks and I left one in the bathroom. My mum found it, and um, yeah, obviously the who's up there? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, I just remember feeling really ashamed. And then because it was like I was, an, I was, I was a naughty. I was punished. You know, you're you shouldn't be doing that. You're, you know, you're only twelve. But did your mum go to the place? No, she said she didn't want to go to the police because she didn't want to cause lots of. Um, upset and um for me um and I think she was right in that because where we lived as well it was quite a rough state and what happened afterwards was that he everybody knew about it he told everybody about it and I was blamed for it and I was all the parents were saying that I was a little slut and yeah you're going to be pregnant by the time you're 16 and and it was that was it. I just I was known then as the slag of the estate, yeah. and I lived yeah. up to it. Yeah, frankly, yeah. yeah, I lived up to it because yeah. that's who I was. Yeah, <laughs> and that was it. So very difficult. We're not, you know, being going to school and being ridiculed, and and he was telling them all the details. And just what was your lowest point during that time? I think having to go into school and know that I was going to get. Get on, I'll get on, just go up and get on the school bus, and everyone was like saying things to me. Yeah. Even my f- so called friends were, you know, because it was a bit of gossip, wasn't it? It was a bit yeah. of. What, what were you through inside? If we, if I you really, you know, I've thought about this, and I just, I just think, I don't think I had a choice. I mean, it was a case of surviving, isn't it? Yeah, it's, I just, yeah. I didn't, I know I didn't have anyone to talk to about it because everyone was just. Even my friends, like I say, were just sort of making it difficult. And I wouldn't have, I didn't, I was ashamed. So I didn't want to talk to anybody. Like I could have, I, I might have spoken to my sister a little bit. I'm not, I, I just remember not wanting, just wanting it to go away. I just want it yeah. to go away. I don't want to discuss it. It's really, oh, what, you know, I can't believe I did it. And because I felt like it was my fault. Which so, is, which is, yeah, that's, that's only natural, but it's so wrong, isn't it? L- looking back yeah. now, um, well, it was what, looking back now, what would you have done differently? Oh, at that point? Not got into his room in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, and also we can't, we can't change the past, isn't it? So it's, it's, it's now a case of, of, of healing and, and working through it. Being so ashamed of it for so, so long, and then having counselling when after I'd had my first child, no might have even had my second child by that point yeah and um just the having counseling and and have I'd had counseling previously to that as well and not ever brought it up because I was so ashamed yeah. still and then I, I I 
was brave enough to say it. And um, she said, you were raped. And I said, I said, was I? She said, yeah, you were raped. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know. So, yeah, yeah that's... Well, I and think that, that probably was the start of the healing for you, wasn't it? That realisation I wasn't to blame. Yeah, I must have been about 24. Yeah. About 24. But um, now I look back, you know, when I say I, I had... The I was brave enough to say it and now I'm sitting here and just talk openly about amazing. everything yeah, you know amazing. I'm, I'm so much aware my heart on my sleeve sort of person yeah. now and sometimes I think I'll probably overshare <laughs> I'm the but same I'm authentic and I, and I, I want to help others you know I want to help others and yeah. I'm authentic and I what you see is what you get yeah and I will always be honest with you. Yeah. I can't bear yeah. dishonesty. It's yeah. the worst thing for me. So. How was your parents during that time as you as you began to go through your teens into your later teens? Were they were they still together or did they, they split? Were, yeah, and then they, they eventually split up when I was 18. My mum finally left. She said she'd waited for me to turn 18. That's when she'd said, I'd wait, I've waited for you to turn yeah. 18. I remember her, because I'd... Um, moved out of home so you were about 18 when that happened I was about 18 yeah. yeah how did that affect your your dad he absolutely went into meltdown and how was your mum after the breakup did she become stronger did oh yeah absolutely she went to strength yeah she never that's the thing sometimes if you don't take that, that step to step out yeah. of that, that oh she had to do to it she was saying she was so miserable, bless yeah, her. Yeah. You know, yeah. for so many years. She never she never um, ended up getting with anyone else. But she um she was happy. She had a happy life and she she moved and she relocated. She had a house in the country that she'd always wanted because that's where she'd grown Lovely. up. Nice. She she was she had a good job. She was manager of um psychiatric um unit for elderly. Oh, well. And she also had lots and lots of voluntary positions. Oh, after That's she retired, she had loads of voluntary positions. She had a massive allotment. Yeah. She really loved her life and she loved yeah. her grandchildren and she loved her children. So it got she, better for her when, when, got better she, when for her. after she left. Moving forward to the age of 21. Yeah. Um, where would you, where was you working at that point? I wasn't working because I had um, 19, just 19, and then I had her in the March and I turned 20 oh. in the May. So, um, yeah, young. So, um, but, um, but you know, you you look back and think, well, I probably do things different. Well, I know I do things yes, different. Yeah. But hindsight, again, is a wonderful That's thing. It. That's it. And I was a good mum. I was a good young mum. I was. Yeah. How, how was your dad at that point? He had he very got help? He had got help. He had been in the hospital. He'd been in Salisbury Hospice. And then, he'd, and then he'd gone into um, Priory in Marchwood. Much of Priory. Now I don't really. I I saw him. So he changed massively. It was very odd. He because he'd always been a really loving, caring father. Yeah, yeah. Chris, things like Christmas time. He would always. He'd always every year go out on Christmas Eve and buy everyone's presents. But he'd always get a present, you know, and a nice card. And he, any he, Easter, he always used to buy me a box of milk tray every year. You know, that was he was yeah. lovely in that way. And he, I remember the, yeah, the, for, for my daughter, yeah, obviously, yeah. And she was, you know, when they get poorly. Um, but the year that after my daughter was born, he got with this other lady and, um, yeah, happy. He, quite, 
he turned up, he was ill. He turned up Christmas Eve, where are my lights? You borrowed my lights last year. I want my lights back. And I was like, I don't know where your lights are. What, what? Yeah. No present, no Merry Christmas, nothing. And left. And I was really upset. I was like, what is good? And it wasn't, the, it wasn't, I knew the lady anyway. She was lovely. It wasn't her. Yeah. It was him. yeah. He just yeah. turned. And yeah. yeah, he. I know he ended up in hospital a couple of times. It's all a bit blurry. Yeah. <clears throat> but he was saying, I'm not taking my medication anymore. I don't need it. I'm better now. And it was like, oh, dad, you know. Yeah. And I remember I, I always was the one that stood up to him as well. I'd tell him how it was people grow older they mellow out a little bit I know yeah. there's mental illness stuff but I think he was a lot stricter with them when they were younger and things were different and she was the baby I was the baby so I, did, I had yeah. all kind of and I just this is the way I am anyway I just tell him how it and I think how my upbringing as well on the estate and everything yeah. that had happened it might toughen me up and made me here yeah. so I would stand up to him and I would um sort of set, call him out and say dad you're being out of order or dad you're you know what you doing you should be taking your medication whatever but then yeah it just all went horribly wrong one one day I remember I was cooking tea um I was waiting for my friend to come around for tea and the phone the phone rang and it was my friend and she said and she still lived on the estate that I grew up on and she said Hattie I think you need to phone your dad because there's an ambulance and police cars outside his house and I I was like, oh, God, I thought, oh, he's bloody well gone and beaten up Sarah. That's what he's yeah. done. Yeah. You know, that's what, that was my initial thought. He's pushed her down the stairs or something. So did you go? Yeah, did so, you I, go so I phoned the house. So yeah. I lived in town. They were in Hive. I lived in town. I was yeah. on I daughter. So I phoned the house and um, no one answered. So I phoned my next door but one neighbour that, you know, my that was my friends where, that I grew up with and spoke to her stepmom. She said, oh, I don't know. I'll go and find out what's going on. And I just knew something was off. I knew. She put the phone down and I thought something's really not right. Something really bad's happened. I just know. And then the phone rang and it was the police. And he said, I'm really sorry to tell you. Is that Harriet Craft, as I was at the time? I'm really sorry to tell you that um, your father's hung himself. I just remember saying, I was, I was thinking, oh, I said, is he all right? You know, I was just in hope in shock. shock. Yeah. And he said, no, he's not. He's, I'm afraid he's, he's died. Yeah. So, yeah. And then my friend knocked on the door, as that as I'd just been told. And she said, she, you know, she'll never, ever forget that, obviously. Just me coming to the door and absolutely. Um, yeah. So that was a massive shock. Yeah. But in some respects, and I don't feel guilty for saying this at all. It was actually a relief because he was quite, it was very hard work. He did make life quite difficult at times. Yeah. Not really gone in, I can't, you know, I'm, I know I haven't really gone into that because it's all, I don't remember, but I just know, I just remember feeling that feeling of. He was in torment, actually, wasn't he? Yeah. He was in torment and actually thinking, well, he, he, was, a, he was a tortured soul and um, he had been probably all of his life, to be honest. So maybe it was a release for him. And you kind of feel guilty feeling that as well, I don't you? Because it's part of relief. I did then. Grief, I did lost then. Your dad. But I don't know because now I know that he's in a better place. I speak to him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I know he's around me. I've had other mediums tell me that I'm not a medium. I am kind. I am 
going to be trained on sort of but everyone everyone's got that innate yeah. ability yeah. but it's just opening yourself up to it isn't it but yeah. he, I do feel him around me oh, I'm told that he's around me and I do what, and what got you through good. that from that phone call over the over the first few days what, what my partner that I was with at the time who I later married my daughter's yeah. husband my daughter's husband, my daughter's dad, yeah, and my daughter's yeah, dad. Yeah. Now my mum, the family, my sister. How did your mum take it? it she was angry because um she was angry because everyone was sort of oh poor J-. his name was Julian but he was known as Jack. Yeah. Oh poor Jack, he was yeah. such a lovely guy, and my mum was like, yeah, yeah, they didn't. None of you know. I just remember her saying, none of you know what. Yeah. Um, what he was like. A lot, you know, a lot of emotions, heightened emotions, wasn't it, during that time? And she probably felt very guilty as well yeah. because it was only a couple of years after she'd left or yeah. three years after she'd left and, you know, to carry that. I can but, understand that. If she'd yeah. carried on, if she'd given of herself, but it comes to a point where she had to go find her happiness. Oh, she couldn't just feel. Then. I'm glad no. she didn't stay with him because but it would have I can understand, her. yeah, I can understand her feeling guilty and, you know. Mm. So your, your husband helped you through. Yeah. Um, do you think, um, so we're, we're moving on now to, you, you said that you had addictions. Did they start then, after your dad's death? I think my addiction started younger than that. Yeah. I, I had depression. I wasn't diagnosed with depression until I was 18. And that was um, because... Oh, you know, I said about I was working in the office and yes. my dad was coming in. Yeah. That resulted in me having a breakdown. Yeah. I mean, it was a long time coming. That wasn't, it was the straw that broke the camel's back, but I just couldn't go into work and because I just didn't want to see my dad. And yeah. And I just was a state and I hated the job anyway. And I didn't feel like I was very good at it. And I was in a right old mess, really. And um, I was smoking a lot of um, cannabis at the time. Yeah. And I had done from very young. 13, 14. Yeah. Right. That's, that sounds yeah. like that's the... Mate, I mean, I just you... wanted to, I was, <laughs> I just wanted to grow up quick and yeah. I wanted to, the rave scene has just taken off. Yeah. And I, my yeah. dream was to go out and go to these illegal raves and I couldn't because I wasn't allowed because although all of that happened and my parents were actually quite strict on a lot of things. I yeah. wasn't allowed to just go about at night and you know I think probably after that they were more strict to be honest but um yeah so I just wanted to try things and it was you know other people doing it so I tried it yeah I guess maybe that does kind of show a lack of self-respect because if you were had if I had more respect for myself I might have thought twice about that but after what happened when you were 12 yeah and, and what people were calling you I had a breakdown when I worked at the office and I let and I got to you then 18 and I was diagnosed with depression then and I got signed off work and then they sacked me because I'd been signed off with depression nowadays they wouldn't get away with it (laughs) and you know I wasn't a very good employee I was failing in sick all the time but that's why you know I mean yeah yeah that's it you had depression um that sort of started and it was self-medication because I was smoking a lot I was doing other things I was doing cocaine um at that age and it was more of a social thing to start with, but I just very quickly, it became like... An addiction, did it? An addiction. Yeah. And when I got pregnant, I say always say when I got pregnant with my daughter, she saved me because I stopped it all. I say, obviously... I was going to say that. That, that was but, my next you know, question. Yeah. I stopped it all. And 
if it hadn't been for her, I don't know where I would have ended up. I really don't because I was just at the point where I just wanted, it was escapism and I just wanted that next, that next hit. I think I, yeah. I probably, I couldn't see myself ending up on crack. Yeah. Then because yeah. it wasn't enough either. What I was, yeah. what I had, it was never enough. And I was ch- yeah. always chasing. Yeah. And I got pregnant and it just kind of, I was like, well, well I've got to sort my life out now, haven't I? And and you just turned, you stopped it all. Just turned. I stopped. I stopped. Um, was you still tempted? Yeah, I stopped doing all of that while I was pregnant. But then it sort of crept back in again later in life a little bit, and sort of went through all that again. And that's when I I was drinking a lot. I think that was the stress of my job. It was the yeah. stress of my relationship. wasn't in a very It wasn't a very positive relationship. We were both. We were young when we got together. We had teacher, you know, all the stresses and stresses. I'm bringing up, and as a mother as well, bringing up that young, you know, and bringing up your children. Yeah, and I'd I'd grown up in a volatile household, and this is what I knew. And I actually remember when my daughter was born saying to the health visitor, I don't want, because me and my partner had been arguing then, I don't want to be, I don't want her to grow up in a home like I did. And, and, and you know, and unfortunately, they did both her yeah. and my son witness some quite sort of volatile yeah. and some violence as well from both sides. So not towards them, but yeah. You know, that's, that's what point that. did you get her? Did you did you leave that relationship? Are you still in it? Yeah, or? we split up. He went away for a couple so what, of years. What made you split up and leave him? Was that to get help yourself or? I yeah, I was in a very dark place. Um. I, I'd been with him for so long that he was like, he was my rock and he was my, he's, he's older than me. He's, he was um, nine years older than me. And I was scared to leave him because, and it wasn't that he, you know. It's all we you knew, isn't it? Hmm. And it yeah. wasn't just him that was, it was both of us that yeah. were, um, you know, I can, I'm not, I won't go into detail about it all because I don't think it's, no, like no, I said to you, no, I don't think it's healthy. fair on the yeah. children and I don't think it's fair on him. But um, it wasn't right for either of us. And but when you sort of, it's almost, again, like an addiction, isn't it? You get addicted to people. It is. And, it is. and it's frightening to leave because it's all on you. And um, <clears throat> eventually they, I just, I think it just got, I just hit, I just wanted freedom. I didn't want to be with him anymore. I didn't want yeah. that anymore. I think and you take so much and keep taking it yeah. and taking yeah. it. And only you can make that decision. That's it. Yeah. I've had enough. And then that's, that's right. Okay. And um, that was hard, but um, got through it. So after we split up, I was drinking a lot. Did you um, see at that point that you had these addictions, like the drugs and drink? Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> it's a funny one because you... I knew I think I knew from you know early on when I before I got pregnant when I was doing lots of coke that I um had addictions but you just sort of think oh I I don't know you just sort of brush under the carpet or some days you think well I really need to deal with this and and other days and then the next day you're like oh it's fine you know it's very up and down it's very like I don't I can't really there were lots of points where I thought I need help and I need to get help and I need to sort this and then but with the drinking especially it's like you see it well everyone else is doing it and they're fine so you know and it's my release and it's how I have fun and it's very hard to to say 
no, enough's enough now. I'm not, this isn't what I want. Um, even though, and I've spoken about this to other people recently, actually, another girl that have been in a similar situation. Even though you're looking at your kids and you're thinking, oh, I need to do this for you, that addiction is stronger than that. And that is heartbreaking now to look back. I, I, the guilt that I've felt for putting my kids, you know, for not giving them the childhood that perhaps they could have had if I hadn't have been that way is horrendous but I've had to deal with that and I've had to put it in the you've past healed you've past. now healed for that yeah, girl it's in the past and past. I could still be you like that now and yeah. I'm not and yeah. um and I have spoken openly with my children about it as well because I you know I will never like I said to you I I'm, I'm open and honest I know you know it's hard isn't it because you don't want to burden them too much and you don't yeah. but I think you have to be honest because they know yes, anyway yeah. Yeah, they know they and if you they lie do. to them yeah they're just gonna not, not know what's going on and worry more so and my son has exactly. said to they, me, they won't make them the same mistakes as well because they're saying that mum's got mum's gone through all this and she's got yeah to, my son that. has said to me um mama i wouldn't change anything because it's made me who i am yeah I, think I always really... say that about myself and what I've been through. Yeah. And who I am now, I wouldn't change any of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's who I am now. I'm that strong person. I'm, you know, I'm beginning to find myself. I'm, you know. I'm, I'm, yeah, that's it. Um, and, and I, I have, a, and I've apologised to them as well. And I think that is, yes. you know, I've said, look, I wasn't very well, but it's not an excuse. I didn't do the best I could for you and I'm sorry. Yeah, and I that's, think that that's a big thing. Way. That's a big yeah. thing. That is. I'm not in denial. No, no, <laughs> no. Which is which is good. Which is yeah. good. Um, at what point did you realise you needed help? So, um, my mother-in-law said, because you know she was hearing what I don't know, you know what families are like. Yes. So she said, she said, I'm going to send pay for you to go and have some counselling. You need to get this sorted. So. And I, you have to want it. You have to want it. And at that point, I didn't really want it. I told myself that I did, but I didn't. I wasn't ready. I went for the counselling a few times. I didn't like the counsellor. You have to also like yeah, the person. Yeah, you do. You do. I found him quite condescending and judgmental. And I didn't. And then I stopped going. I, I, I kidded, you know, because also as an alcoholic, you pretend you say, well, I've got it under control now anyway. Yeah. I've got it under control. Yeah. So... That happened a few times. Then I was with. This I think. Couple. I think also you think that other people, so and so, is worse than me. So I yeah. must be all right. I'm not. Yeah. That, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Then I got. I was with this other guy, and um, he was quite a drinker as well. And he ended up going for help, and I went with him, and we did it together. But then, no, that wasn't when we were together. We'd split up, and then we were sort of friends afterwards. And yes. We went yeah. So I went and did that, and then I I started going to this group. It was at the um, alcohol drugs alcohol and drugs advisory service in yes. um, in Southampton, and um, yeah, he took me down there, and I had this sort of meeting, and I agreed to go to these meetings, but it was in a group, and I actually found them. I wanted to drink when I came out of them. <laughs> we were just talking about drink, <laughs> and, and I just say so that went by the by, and I and then I, you know, 
I had sort of times where I wasn't drinking and times where I blipped and as it goes. And then um, I went back to the drug and alcohol service a year or two later and I had one-to-one counselling with this lovely lady and that was when it it's all down to having the right counsellor isn't it really helped me and you know I still had um the odd kind of the odd blip but it got less and less and less and because what I had was this thing where if I had a drink that was it I couldn't stop and I'd be up all night and all the next day and be in a right old state and then be out of action for a week because I'd be hung over and made myself ill and feeling guilty and yeah. beating myself up and suicidal and all of those things it's breaking that cycle isn't and, it um yeah and eventually I just managed I don't know how <laughs> just this inner strength I do know how it was because it's when I started to become more spiritual and meditate and realize that there's more to life than getting wasted and how did you get into the spiritual side? What was your first experience? So um, I said about my mum sent me to that, that yes. course. I think that was my first experience. As a child, when I was a young child, my mum had told me that when I was little, split up when I was really little, and my cousin lived in Dorchester, and we would know if either of us had hurt ourselves. And we would so I'd say, Mum, you need to ring Auntie Sue because Hannah's done something, fallen over and hurt her knee or something. And my mum would ring and say, who's Hannah? Hannah fall over and yeah and we so we were already like quite sort of yeah psychic (laughs) but as everybody is yeah as everyone is and I think probably a lot of children do that but the parents probably go oh no you know they dismiss it don't they because children have that more because they haven't had it they're more open aren't they out of them and everything else the group that my mum sent me to the colour therapy where I was like oh it sort of spit a little spark, but I was still a bit like, what a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> Sitting there going, um, oh, <laughs> I love that now. Send me that. Um, I think my sister was was doing bits and bobs and was doing a bit of healing. And my mum was doing little bits and bobs. And they, I was hearing about it. And and did you see a change in their lives as they got into it? Do you see? Yeah, I think so. And then my sister, I remember being at work when I, cause I worked in a school because I did a teaching degree as well. Oh, well done. <laughs> I'm still like that. <laughs> You're amazing. I did a You're teaching amazing. degree, but yeah. didn't finish it because of the breakup with my husband. And um, I didn't do the last year. So I've got a degree, but not a, I'm not, not a qualified teacher, but I've got a teaching degree. So it's my business. And um, I was sat there one evening doing something, marketing, um, planning or something. And yeah. my sister phoned and said, did I message and said, did, did you want to come to um, this group tonight? It's um, past life regression. And I thought, do you know what I do? And not, and I was tired. And normally I was thinking, normally I'd go, oh, no. So I think she'd invited me to stuff before. Yes, and it's yeah. Inspirations Positive Living Group, which is a group set up by the lovely Jackie White in Southampton and obviously before COVID, we'd go and it was every Tuesday or every Wednesday. Is that, are they still going now? Yeah, online. Okay, so if anyone's interested in that, yes. at, the end, at the end of, of the show, I'll, I'll, I'm going to give out your email and your yeah. details, and they can contact you. And They can contact me. And, then, and then, yeah, yeah there's, if you go on to Facebook, it's, in, it's Inspirations Positive Living Group. Um, and just, I think you can just ask to join that. Um, and also Jackie White is on there. I don't know if she, but probably go to Inspirations Positive yeah. Living Group. And, Perfect. Um, and there's all sorts of talkers. Every 
Tuesday evening now they do it. It's normally six pounds to oh, watch. Sometimes they do cheap. free things. Sometimes they do free stuff. Um, or I'm now working with a lady called, or she's training me, a lady called Renee Johnson, and she's met, that's who I've met through Jackie, and I'm doing my Kashik Records training with her. So oh, look lovely. her up as well, Renee Johnson. Lots of really inspirational inspiring videos she does and, and messages I'm gonna look her up now afterwards and she um she's she's a beautiful beautiful lady yeah um she might actually yeah, come and give you a have a word have a word yeah. she might do because she's yeah. got a really interesting story as well yeah, amazing certainly. um she uh what was I saying anyway yeah Renee Johnson how, how you got into the healing yeah started your so, business we started going to this, I went to this regression thing yeah. and it was the first time that I got a physical, something happened to me physically. So I knew because it was Shelley, Shelley, no, not Shelley Johnson. Oh, I'll think of the name, I'll find the name. I think but it was a, a lady that she's quite well known, I think, in, you know, in the spiritual scene, as it were. And um, she was doing this past life regression course and we had to go and lay down and she did a meditation, took us three. And she said, look down at your shoes. And I looked down and I saw these, these brown muddy boots. Wow. And I, um, and I just, I felt like I was in the dust bowl in America, which I didn't even know anything about. I didn't even know where the, where's that come from. Did that scare you a bit? No, I thought, I was like, oh, this is really, I was into it, but it was just... It was exciting. And um, I suppose it's a bit, I was a bit like, oh, what's going on? Yeah. And I just remember, yeah, seeing we getting called in for dinner and we went and sat down on a big table. And then a lady came along that was my sister-in-law in, in now. Wow. And um, yeah, that was strange. And then, um, but the, what, the physical thing was that I was, my face was doing this. It was like electricity pulsing through my face and I I couldn't control it. And that's when I knew, I was thinking, well, this is real. Yeah. This is yeah. real. I, I'm not doing this. This is actually... Amazing. Because yeah. I think I'd just sort of gone along with it before and, oh, yeah. yeah, you know, that's interesting. And, yeah, and and that's when I thought, wow, this is this is really true, this stuff. And um, It was a turning point for you. Massive yeah. turning point. And then after that... I did a few, I carried on going to groups, learned about lots of different things. I remember um, a particular, the first time someone spoke about fairies or unicorns and me thinking, what? What? Oh, wow. Like, you know, a bit sceptical, but, you know, now I'm open to everything. Yes. I've had experiences myself and and felt things myself and all these different things. So, yeah, lots of different groups, uh, lots of different uh, sessions and groups. So when did you start your business? So 2018 or 2017 I met my partner that I'm with now yeah and he's just lovely he is just the most loveliest man. Now do um, you feel do you feel that you've attracted him because you ha- you started that healing in yourself yes, I, I feel that definitely. I attracted Absolutely. the wrong sort because yeah. I didn't start to love myself I didn't yeah. start the healing but when I started the yeah. healing and start to love myself and that then attracts the right sort. 100%. Do you feel the same? 100%. Yeah. And he, I wasn't looking for anyone either at that point. But at that point, I decided that I was going to, like you say, heal myself, yeah. work on myself, 
and um and he came along I did know him actually he was a friend an old friend but it wasn't ever on the cards that we would get together and it was very oh, it's lovely he came and asked me out on a date on a would you, would you want to come out for breakfast and I thought I don't, I don't know <laughs> ooh, ooh, I don't. and I thought well why not why not yeah. you know the rest is history as they say but oh, um, it's lovely yeah so I was working at the school and I was getting very run down very tired very demanding job loved it absolutely loved it but very because it was a special needs school very emotional very physical yeah just I was exhausted I was still drinking at the weekends because it was like release yes yeah and um he said to me this and I'd started to do a few little courses here and there we went to a chakra balance course together and because he's quite spiritual as well he's very spiritual actually um he we did that and I just thought to myself and I think from going to Jackie's groups as well I'd learned that everyone is a healer and and things started to slot together gradually I don't remember like a eureka moment but things started to sort together like you know this is I've got this sort of thing in my past my granny used to sit with her needle and thread oh, and tell you yes, how many kids yeah. you're gonna have what set yeah. and what yeah. order you know yeah. it's always been in so the it's family. always been there yeah and my other nan my my um dad's mum was quite um you know I've just heard stories about different things yeah. and um it just started to slot together so I thought I'm going to try and do this and I decided that I was drawn I'd already had a few crystals my mum my mum died in um March 2017 of cancer bless her she was so ready to go when when she got not not before obviously but when she found out she was ill she found out she was ill in the November, December. Um, you was in a better place then in yourself, was you? Yeah, yeah, I hadn't met Rue yet, but I was in a better place. I was already on my I think, way. I think the universe does that, doesn't it? It, it doesn't mm. put too much on, on you and you can and you can cope with. If that had yeah. happened years ago, oh. it could have been the tipping point for you. Yeah. But I think I mean, sometimes... don't get me wrong, it did affect me and I did, and I was still yeah, using drink course, a little bit yeah. to get me yeah. through that. Yeah. But not not anywhere near in the same way that I had been before, yeah. and I, it, yeah. it was short lived, and I kind of healed myself. The drinks sort of stopped. And you know, and you know, she was at peace. I mean, but I mean, we, I mean, my mum passed she about chose, five years. Yeah, she chose not to have any um, chemo. Or same as my mum. <laughs> oh, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah she so didn't she take said, it. She said, "I'm not. I don't." Because she had a lovely um, big allotment. She had four allotment plots all together. Oh. She had all these different voluntary positions. She said, I don't want a, my life to be, it was multiple myeloma that she had. And they said, you've got, you could have years if we give you treatment. She could have blood transfusions and chemo and all of that. And she said, years of what? Sitting I around said, like a little no, old lady? No. I don't think so. She said, I know where I'm going. And she was quite happy because yeah. she was so spiritual. That's lovely. She was very happy. And during her illness, she would... She went. She was in the hospital. Then they, they, she went in the hospice for a while. She didn't die in the hospice. They just had a space, so she went in there yeah. for a little while. Yeah. And then she, we, she didn't want to go home because she didn't want us to have to look after her. But we, yeah, I would bless her. We, we, she, yeah, we, she came home in the end because we were like, Mum, we, you know, you could be in there for months. And yeah. She said, "I'd go and see her," and she'd said, "Um, she'd had all these like visions and dreams, and she'd oh, seen, special. she'd seen." 
Um, she'd been holding my dad as a baby. Oh, you know, like seeing yeah, his inner child, yeah. then holding his mum and her oh. mum and dad. And she was saying, every parent does things to hurt their child without realising it. Mm. Every yeah. child, every single parent does that, but yeah. it's because it goes back to their inner child because they haven't healed their inner child. That's so true. So true. And then she said that this um her spirit guide had come and taken her oh. on the back of his horse, Black Eagle, and he was this big Native American man, and he was taken her on the back of his horse and he'd shown her where heaven, what heaven was. And she said, yeah. Heaven is whatever you want it to be. Oh, it's beautiful. Whatever you want is what it is. And she'd gone and had a picnic with my dad and his family and yeah, on the beach yeah. and all. Yeah, oh, beautiful. So she was really beautiful. ready. And it was beautiful. Um, and because me and my sister are very spiritual, and my brother is, even though he doesn't like to admit it. <laughs> and um we were all you know, none of us tried to persuade her out of it or anything like yeah, that. No, we, um, no. It's her choice, isn't it? It's her that's choice. Right. She died in the March and um, we were with her, me and my sister and my niece. My sister's out. Lovely. Oh, that's special. Special. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, Sorry um, to hear that, but, it, but it's, a, yeah, it was, that's, oh, it's just that's part of life. It's special. It? It's part of life. What a it life. Is, yeah, it is. Um, I mean, we miss them, don't we? But, of course but we it do. Is, yeah, but again, I did talk to her. Oh, I, what I wouldn't give to have a day. And with my dad, I, know. I said, you know, if I could have a day with them both to sit that's and it. have a chat. The final and have words. A the, yeah, and that's it. All of that. Yeah. But then, you know, it's just how this is the, the only thing is. that is um, the only thing that is certain in life, isn't it? Is what they that's say. Right. Definitely taxes. Yeah. yeah, no, that's right. That's right. <laughs> So yeah, so the business, um, I started to do that, and then I and what I could, could you tell us a bit about the business? I know, so I, I know, we're coming to the end now, so I'm I'm, I'm just just the highlights. Sorry, yeah. So that's all right. Um, so I started off doing um, chakra balance, yeah, crystal chakra balance. So I did a crystal healing course and did that, and I did that for a little while. Then um, I'll start. Could you tell for those that don't know just a bit about the chakra balance and what and what that so is? Chakras are they're wheels of energy that we all have yeah. all um, all over us actually. But the main chakras are we've actually got twelve main chakras now. But yeah. When I started doing, we had seven main chakras, yeah. and they um, each have a colour and they each have a purpose. Um, they relate to your physical health and also your mental health, your emotional health. And if they're in good working order and clear, then that's good. <laughs> that's going to oh, keep you healthy. Yeah. And they can, um, if they're not in good working order, then that can cause issues, physical yeah. illness and mental yeah. illness. And so it's good to have those clear and balanced. And actually that's helped me massively knowing yeah. about, so now we've got 12 because things are shifting now from a third yeah. dimension to the fifth dimension. Yeah. We've, if you want to know more, then contact details now. But so I use crystals for different chakras and I place them on, this is when we could do it face to face. I was actually doing it mobile going to people's houses and placing the crystals on for different crystals for different chakras and it really helps it helps to balance you it can help alleviate stress it can help and that's what you do now yeah now I do Reiki I'm a Reiki master 
Oh, well done. I've done, I've done level one. That's as far as I've got. Keep going. Keep going. So it's angelic Reiki that I do. So angelic, yeah. angelic Reiki master. I also do oracle card readings. And I have started this, um, well, it's not a course, but I am going to do some courses. I'm building up to different things, but a self-love and empowerment course, because I believe that everybody has the ability to heal themselves to learn to love themselves, yeah, empower themselves. We yeah. all got that. It's just that we have to peel back the layers of all the stuff that we've all been through. Yeah. And um, that's what I'm here to do, help facilitate that in people, yeah. to help them to heal people, but to help them to heal themselves. Because ultimately we can all heal that's ourselves. It. We've all that's got it. that inside of us. Yeah. We've all got yeah. that. And we're not meant to suffer. We're not meant no. to be in pain and unhappy unhappy. We are supposed to be happy and yeah. at peace. Yeah. And yeah. if you can find, I mean, obviously, obviously am, we get our ups and downs, normal ups and downs. Gets their ups and downs not course, severely. Yeah. I'm, not, yeah. I'm not suggesting that yeah. I'm like that all the time. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Angel. And Angel. um but now rather than living in my life in turmoil. My, I am peaceful. You know, peaceful. Time. I, yeah. I have times yeah. where I'm down, or I, you know, but emotions, you have the tools now. I have the to tools deal with now. that. And emotions are to be felt as well. They're not to be dumbed down with yeah. alcohol and drugs and yeah. whatever it is that, you know, that then makes you, because I've had suffered physical illness as well. I've yeah. had issues with my stomach and asthma and different things. And that is all part of it because everything's connected and linked. It so is. if you if your emotions aren't let to like it's a difficult one because they say to keep your emotions in check, but actually the idea I believe is to feel them, acknowledge them, yeah, and let them go, and then clear them. Yes, yeah. No, that's and powerful. again, I can help with that. I can help yeah. to show you how to do that. You do online because this is this this podcast be going like global. So do you yeah. do online like Skype or I do Zoom? Online, I do, I do Zoom. Um, it's absolutely fantastic because never would I have thought before COVID that I could do all this online. But I actually did my angelic Reiki one online, and it works wow. amazingly because you're yeah. working with these. The, the angelic realm yeah. you're working them with everywhere. the universe yeah. and it's yeah. everywhere so you can tap into it. it doesn't matter where you are well um I'm so I'm doing that online so that's all of it card readings um the Reiki I haven't done many sh- um chakra balances but I can do that and I've started doing a little bit of um combining the chakra balance with the Reiki if people want that because yeah. chakras are so important yeah and the angels will come in and balance you anyway. But I just, I, the chakras are really important to me. I think they are, that they, they will, if you can get your chakras balanced. And yes, right, you'll that's, a, that's a start, you'll isn't it? Better, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm so now, people live near Southampton. Yeah. come to you. Do you have a, so do you do at it the moment, home? I'm, I'm starting working from a wellness centre in Charles Ward from Thursday the 15th of April oh exciting that's when things open up on the 12th yeah. so this is a new venture exciting. for me it's a beautiful place in this beautiful place it's a yoga centre and she has different people coming and do different things so I'm going to yeah. be doing that Perfect. on a Wednesday I'm also now um, starting to um, learn about the Akashic Records so that I'm looking for case studies as well for that if anyone wants to um 
have a session of having a Kashik Records reading, then I'll, have, I'll, 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 I'll put myself up for that. My partner lives in Southampton, so yeah. oh, I'll put myself up for that. Certainly, yeah, definitely. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah certainly. So, if, that's lovely. So, if anyone wants to, um, I'll be I'll be giving all your info at, at the yeah, end. Yeah, I've got a website so now. They can they can contact you. Um, I'll get, my dog are starting to howl now. I want to get out. I can talk quite. I do like to talk. No, that's good. <laughs> that is good. Just a quick um few. This is a quick fire question time. So yeah. I'm just going to do a few just, just as we close. Yeah, and I'll give um, you, I won't go on. I'll just answer. Yeah, that. just, just, so this is quick. This is a quick fire. Uh, two songs you can't live without. Uh, Bob Marley, Punky Reggae Party, yeah. and Gold Dust, DJ Fresh. That's very, it's funky, isn't it? The two of those, I've got yeah. loads, but they're more, yeah. yeah. Favourite meal? Curry. Or roast dinner. Oh, nice. Oh, a, a good old roast. I like a good old roast. Um, what makes you smile? Kindness. People being kind to each other. Um, helping people. And my grandson. I've got a grandson as well. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Aren't they lovely? <laughs> What's the thing that people get wrong about you? People think that I'm sweet and innocent when they see me. <laughs> <laughs> I've always had that. It's just, yeah, it's not bad because no, it's not bad. I could get away with more. No, sure. <laughs> yeah, people look at me and think I'm very sweet and innocent. Um, <laughs> I am now, you know. Yeah, of course. What's <laughs> on your bedside table? I've got my salt lamp, um, and I've always got a book. What, what book have you got at the moment? At the moment, I'm reading. Oh, it is. I'm reading. I've been reading these chick lit books because they're nice escapism. It's yeah. called Shot. It's oh. called Shot last night. My friend gave me a bag of them. And I'm on the last one. But I okay. mean, I've got angel books and you know all kinds. I've, of stuff. I've, I've got quite a few that I'm picking at. Start, start, stop, starts off. I read um, the Harry Potter series in lo first lockdown. What series? <laughs> Harry Potter. Oh, Harry Potter. You watched yeah. all the lot, have you? It was brilliant. I read them all <laughs> and then I watched them. Oh, yeah. brilliant. What advice would you give to someone that's struggling right now? Don't give up. I've been at the lowest, lowest. I have considered suicide. I did actually take an eight days. I didn't, um, I did yeah. try, you know, luckily it didn't work. Um, and there is light. It's hard. It's like I said before, just it won't last forever. Yeah. It's not going to last forever. You, you know, you can help yourself. You can get through this and killing yourself is final. It's so final. Yeah. And that's it's it. It's stepping then. out and talking back. to somebody, isn't it? And getting that help. Yeah. Stepping out and talking to someone in. if you can. Sometimes you don't feel like talking to someone, though. Sometimes you don't feel like talking to someone. But if you can just hold on to that little bit of light, and know that you know there is there is light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. It sounds so cliche. It does. But there it is, does. But and it's, it's true. It's not going to be like this forever. It will yeah. pass. Yeah. You'll have brighter days. You know things can change. And even yeah. if things don't look like they can, they really can. Yeah. yeah. They really can. And it's that it's that living in the moment as well, isn't it? Just just getting yeah. through today. That's what's got me through when I've been bad. It's just living. I'm just going to get through today. 
Why's yeah. another day? That's that. Yeah. That's always been yeah. my and motto. Do what you can, and just yeah. if all you can do that day is wake up and eat something. That's it. And breathe. That's it. And that's it. And if you that. can't get in a shower, if you you know, because I've had those times where I can't. But don't beat yourself up about it either. Yeah. Be kind that's to right. yourself. That's you've got it. Learn to love yourself. Yeah. Speak to yourself like you speak to your best friend or that's your it. child. That's it. That's it. What do you fear most? So this is the last one now. Um, what do you fear most moving forward? Um, burning out again. But I think I've now got that balance because when I first started, I did kind of overdo it and burn out and had to take a step back and got poorly. And when I first started the business, I mean, I did too much too soon. But I think I have got that balance now. But that's kind of in the back of my mind. I'm very careful now that I don't I pace myself and I don't take on too much. Yeah. And also, obviously, you know, that people aren't going to come to me. You know, I aren't going to. But I, I've got faith. I trust in the universe. I, I am. Say that, the right yeah, path. They'll come to you. The I'm time here. is right. Yeah. This is my soul path. This is what I am here to do. Yeah. And I am trusting. And I've got to be patient. <laughs> that's hard isn't it that is hard I want it now <laughs> but yeah obviously that fear of you know it won't work and then I'll have to go back to work and yeah have a proper job and yeah. but I don't you know it's that's trusting in the, in the now life. isn't it I'm trusting because that's if it. I trust it will work out if yeah. I'm if I have those fears then you know you can um your thoughts become and you're a human aren't you yeah. at the end of a day yeah. you you can't out. Be. I, mean, yeah. I always say if I was if if you're completely happy and peaceful and and you know doing everything exactly how you buy the book how you know and never having a negative thought and everything then you're actually you're um, not human <laughs> you're a, you're an ascended master yeah. or you're yeah like a guru like yeah. you know <laughs> I think even so, they have down days, don't they? Yeah, sure. we're human and we're here to live a human experience. Yeah. And yeah. That is, but well, it's been it's lovely talking to you. You're such a beautiful soul. Thank and you. Beautiful. I know. I'm really pleased to be a part of your journey and to be able to you know, talk about it. And you know, it's been an amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. Really really appreciate it's been an honor. Thank you. Thank, Thank you very, you. very much. It's been, it's been special. I'd like to thank Hattie um, for coming along today. And here is her contact details. It's www.hattieshealing.co.uk. So that's www.hattieshealing.co.uk. And you can get hold of her on Facebook at Hattie's Holistic Healing. Or you can email her at info at hattieshealing.co.uk that's info i-n-f-o at hatties h-a-t-t-i-e-s healing.co.uk we'd like to thank hattie again and we look forward to speaking to you all soon thank you